Miami's top defensive tackle target has chosen a different destination in the transfer portal. So where will the Miami Hurricanes turn to next? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Thank you so much to the everydayers as we're here with you six, if not seven days a week, sometimes multiple times per day. Got some bad news yesterday evening. Uh, We tried to prepare you for this yesterday morning. Those who saw our Tuesday episode of Locked on Canes, we had the unfortunate feeling that Tywone Malone, former Ole Miss defensive tackle, who for a week's time, Miami was trending for him. From midweek last week into Monday night, Miami seemed to be the trending favorite to land the six foot four, 315 pound defensive tackle out of Ole Miss, who also was on their baseball team, who won a national championship last year. Um, he just came off a Miami visit over the weekend, but things change in recruiting, things change in this era. And Malone, as of yesterday morning, started to trend heavily to the Ohio State Buckeyes. And then by Tuesday night, the official announcement came out. Malone is going to be taking his talents to Columbus, Ohio. Um, Not only has Ohio State really been a thorn in Miami's side, transfer portal and recruiting-wise, I mean, Jeremiah Smith is currently a verbal commit to Ohio State. They've, uh, They've really been a thorn in our side, but it's also unfortunate for Miami because we know that the Hurricanes have really been prioritizing landing another defensive tackle in the transfer portal because they got two in the winter window, Branson Dean out of Purdue, Thomas Gore out of Georgia State. Both guys a little bit smaller with good motors, good pass rushers, but they wanted someone with that size and girth to be more of a run stopper and Malone at 315 pounds would have fit that bill but he is off the table now for Miami and it's unfortunate so where do the Hurricanes turn to it's last chance saloon for Miami uh within the next several days to land a transfer portal defensive tackle and now the number one target on the board has to be someone we've talked about Someone our listeners and viewers really like because he does have extensive experience in Conference USA, and that's Louisiana Tech's Kiwi Rose. Rose also was just on campus this past weekend, same weekend as Malone, for a University of Miami visit. Rose has also been a Miami priority, quite frankly, 305 pounds, six foot three. Uh, This is a super productive player at Louisiana Tech the last couple of years. In 2021, All-Conference USA honorable mention. Then in 2022, first team All-Conference USA. This is someone Miami really needs now. He started all 12 games for Louisiana Tech Bulldogs last season. 24 total tackles, 18 solo, four tackles for a loss, and two sacks from the interior. Uh, Had a season-high four tackles and a sack at Charlotte on November 19th. 
uh, recorded at least one tackle in 11 out of 12 games, including multiple tackles in five games. Kudos to uh, Louisiana Tech's athletics website for, for uh, providing these statistics for me. So here's the situation with Kiwi Rose. Now, I, I did talk to, you know, someone who covers Miami recruiting very closely this morning. I'm a little bit of a, of a tizzy after Malone chose Ohio State, kind of asking where Miami stands with Kiwi Rose. And this person did tell me uh, he, he really thinks Miami is going to pull out all the stops to try and land Rose, that this staff does not want to come out of this week without landing one of these defensive tackles, especially already having missed out on Taiwan. Uh, at the same time, folks, this is not a like a pure green light for Miami to land Rose. There is some competition here. So it's Wednesday, and today Rose is starting an official visit with Arkansas. So he had a nice visit with Miami, uh, I think it's probably safe to say coming out of last le weekend that Rose is a Miami lean, but not a slam dunk because he's still taking a visit to Arkansas. So even if he enters that visit with Arkansas, maybe slightly favoring Miami, but thinking I'm doing my due diligence, I want to complete my visits and all that, the Razorbacks have an opportunity. If they can wow him, if they can blow him away with that visit, they have an opportunity to make up ground and surpass Miami in his recruitment. So um, I would imagine Rose is probably getting a lot of uh, text messages and the phone is blowing up from Miami staffers. You know, this is someone Mario Cristobal really wants. Jason Taylor, defensive line coach, and the other defensive line coach, Big Joe Salavea. Um, it's if you come out of this week, without Rose and, of course, without Malone, if you miss on both of these guys, then that's that's going to be a disappointment, and you can you can view that as a failure. I, I believe you need to come out of this week uh, with this player, okay? Uh, and so, you know, the other situation that we've been monitoring, and I, I think we're going to get some good news here at the end of the week, is wide receiver, okay? The Miami Hurricanes also want to come out of this transfer portal period after having just landed – a running back earlier this week with A.J. Allen from Nebraska and Jadeus Richard. And I've been calling him Jadeus Richard. Someone from Louisiana corrected me. It's Richard. So uh, I apologize for that. I'm still I'm still learning some of these names out there. So they landed the cornerback out of Vanderbilt, Richard, and they landed the running back out of Nebraska. And, you know, a wide receiver that the Miami Hurricanes have uh, been looking at from junior college, and hopefully they can land him this week. Now, Shamar Kirk, who uh, 15 touchdowns the past couple of years at Reedley College, including eight last season, he just visited Miami this past weekend as well. Um, I like the way Miami has been trending with Shamar Kirk. He's going to be making his announcement. He's saving it for a special occasion because he's got his commencement ceremony at Reedley this Saturday where he's receiving his associate's degree. So he planned his commitment announcement coming off of that. Um, I like the way Miami stands for him, that they can add this six foot one, 190 pound wide receiver who really, really good in space and very quick outside receiver can fill that need for depth at the university of Miami. And, you know, when we come back, I want to take a look at where Miami uh, has gone so far in the transfer portal. Of course, there's still a couple of holes that need filling, but overall, it's been a good portal for Miami to this point. And folks, later on in this episode, we're going to have the opportunity 
to catch up with a former Kane and to catch up with our pal Bruce Warner. He couldn't join us for a Truth Teller Tuesday, but it's going to be a Newark Wednesday here on Locked on Canes because Bruce Warner, Newark, New Jersey native and former Miami Hurricanes defensive tackle Mark Caesar is going to join us, a Newark native. Now, we got a lot of stuff to talk with Caesar about, right? Since we're talking about these defensive tackles that Miami hasn't landed and the ones Miami's trying to land and the importance of that position, Caesar played it at Miami from 88 to 92. He won two national championships at the U, was recruited by Jimmy Johnson, won his national championships under Dennis Erickson. He also played with Mario Cristobal, Warren Sapp, Cortez Kennedy, Russell Maryland, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We got to ask him what it was like being teammates with some of these dudes. So Mark Caesar's going to join us in a little bit. We'll talk about where Miami stands at this point in the transfer portal. Keep it locked right here. We're only getting started on Locked on Canes. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you're not going to think that they're good for you. You got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they all come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is... They're healthy, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. And now you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com with our promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off. Head to your nearest Walmart today. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later because I love me some Built Bars. Thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes a part of your day. We are available free. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. And we are available free on YouTube as well. Make sure to smash that like button and subscribe to our channel. So the Miami Hurricanes have uh, still the 15th ranked transfer portal class in the country. And hopefully we add two more pieces to that because I still want a defensive tackle and I still want a wide receiver. But the Hurricanes rank out 15th so far. Here are, uh, in order, the top players Miami has landed. Number one, according to his grades so far in college, uh, his not his uh, academic grades, uh, although he may have an A average for all I know, but we're talking about his football grades. Javion Cohen, the interior offensive lineman from Alabama, he's going to be Miami's starting left guard. Francisco Maui Goa, second-rated player Miami has landed. Uh, he, I think, is going to be Miami's starting Mike linebacker. He had an awesome spring. Matt Lee at number three. Now, Matt Lee, he is going to be Miami's starting center, uh, one of the highest-graded centers in the entire country last season. Then you've got Branson Dean, the defensive tackle out of Purdue, you guys tell me, are we sleeping on Dean a little bit too much? Because, you know, all the, this is one of the higher-ranked transfers. He's got a uh, a four, I believe a four-star 
transfer grade. Yeah, he does. He's a four-star transfer. So I don't know. Maybe we're sleeping on Branson Dean and even Thomas Gore a little bit too much when we talk about this transfer ranking. Then Devontae Brown, who I think is going to be a starting corner, uh, grades out as the next highest guy. Uh, Jaden Davis, the corner from Oklahoma that Miami landed a couple of uh, weeks ago, he's got a four-star average as well. Uh, Thomas Gore, three-star incoming. That's another defensive tackle. Cam McCormick, the tight end out of Oregon, who's got all that experience. Uh, he's an eighth-year senior and somehow has two years of eligibility left, which is which is awesome uh, for us. A.J. Allen, then the running back from Nebraska, who Miami landed earlier this week. Terry Roberts, the cornerback out of Iowa, comes in after that. And uh, I believe that's it because I'm looking through the page where they – this is 24-7 sports. They also have the outgoing guys listed on there. So I think I've gotten through all the incomings so far. So um, people have been asking me, which of these transfers do I think are going to have the biggest impact on the team next year? Uh, Because, you know, when you're talking about team building, right, I believe the transfer portal primarily – is used to fill positions that need emergency depth and to add experience and stopgap type of guys, right? Because sometimes it's good to bring in veterans, especially when you can get somebody from, you know, a program like Alabama in the case of JV on Cohen, because he knows what that winning culture is all about. And that dude, I've had a chance to speak with Cohen. He oozes leadership. So he's, he's going to help that entire offensive line understand what it takes to play as a unit and what it takes to try and step up that level to, you know, what he was a part of in Tuscaloosa for the past couple of years. Uh, But still, I believe when you're talking about laying the real foundations for team building, transfer portal is nice and it's important, but the real foundations come in through high school recruiting. That's where you truly build a team. That's the way that teams like Georgia and the Alabamas of the world uh, and the Ohio States are built. The foundations don't come from the transfer portal. The real foundations come in from high school recruiting. And that's why, like, I don't want to sound like I'm running damage control or something, but, you know, God forbid if, if Miami does come away from this transfer portal without landing a defensive tackle, I, I hope that's not the case. But then I'm going to look at the guys coming from within. Joshua Horton, who I don't mention enough, who's going to be a true freshman defensive tackle for the Canes. Uh, You look at a guy like that, a young player like Ahmad Moten, who's heading into his second year. Those are the types of guys that, you know what, Miami already having missed out on Taiwan Malone and, you know, kind of in uh, in danger of missing out on Kiwi Rose. I think Gabby Arudia at 24-7 Sports described it as a 50-50 situation on Rose. Guess what? If Miami misses on these guys, you're going to need – the young players that are already here to develop and you're going to need someone like Leonard Taylor to play for to his potential consistently this season. Cause guess what? Todd McShay released uh, a way too early mock draft for the 2024 NFL draft. He's got Leonard Taylor as top half of the first round. I think he had him number 14 overall. So you're talking about NFL scouts are looking at our own LT number 56 as someone with high first round potential. And I get it. I'm not arguing it because we know how good Leonard Taylor is on occasion and how good he's capable of being. The guy is a freak. He's a unicorn. So, okay. For all the, the, uh, the panicking that we're doing about the defensive tackle position, 
How about the guy who's receiving a, a 14th overall draft pick grade for next year? If he can play to that potential, Miami's going to be in pretty good shape. If Jared Harrison Hunt can have a big year, if Joshua Horton is a true freshman, if Ahmad Moten is a redshirt freshman, can play up to their potential. If you use Akeem Mesidor inside, he's versatile enough to do that. If Ruben Bain gets moved inside, a true freshman who's a, a phenom and a juggernaut out there, uh, we may have to find answers from within. That's going to come down to coaching. Jason Taylor, Big Joe, do your jobs. Let's go. For all the players who are here, hunger, do your jobs. Let's freaking go. We're going to talk to a guy when we come back who did his job at Miami at a really high level between 1988 and 1992. We're going to be joined uh, by the truth teller, Bruce Warner, and by former Miami Hurricanes defensive tackle, Mark Caesar, when we come back here on Locked on Canes. We do have Bruce Warner with us, and today, Bruce, is a Newark Wednesday because not only do we have the truth teller, Bruce Warner, with us, but we also have another Newark native, former Miami Hurricanes defensive tackle, Mark Caesar, is with us. Hello, Mark. How you doing, sir? And thank you so much for taking some time to join us. I'm doing good, Alex. How you doing? I'm doing great. Bruce, how are you? Hey, I'm with Caesar now, man. <laughs> he's my brother from Newark. We've been friends for 35 years. So I'm really happy he's on the show. I'm not happy he's on dialysis, as everybody can see. But Mark, you know, he's brave enough to do that and be on the show with us. So let's rock it. Baby. Let's go. Yeah, and, and Mark, I want you to know that Queens Nation is praying for you, my friend. And I know, I know you're fighting through uh, this health issue as hard as you fight through anything else. And we wanted to get a sense from you the importance of that defensive tackle position that you played in the late 80s and early 90s at Miami. How can that affect the entire defense and the entire team? When you play D-tackle, you have, like, dogs in the middle and stuff like that. Like the one and three technique, it makes it easier for the defensive ends to get up the field. It makes it easier for the linebackers to flow with the what's the name. You know, and, um, and Miami always had dogs in the middle. Buster Williams, Ruben Carter, Jim Burt, Dorsey, Sapp, Kennedy, Caesar, Merlin, and JB. Those have great tackles and stuff like that. Yeah, so, and we talked about this all the time. And we've been talking, Alex and I, about D-tackles since I started doing this months ago. We still don't have another one. So tell me, what the are the roles of the D-tackles exactly the same? Or is one has one role and another has another role? It's basically the same. Because when you play tackle, you got a one technique and you got a three technique. You know what I'm saying? There's only three blocks you can see. They're going to reach you, they're going to double team you, or they're going to try to cut you off. You know what I'm saying? Now, if that center is, is kicking that one technique behind, it's going to be rough. Stuff like that. So your one technique, three technique, you got to dominate. Easy for your five and seven technique, your linebacker to throw to the ball and stuff like that. Let me ask you about this. So, what's quick response, Jerome Brown? Jerome's like the trendsetter. I'm saying, you know, when you came to Miami, it's like you wanted to be like Jerome. I'm saying, you flash your game after him and everything. I mean, the first time I met him, I'm saying, I was, I was starstruck and stuff like that. I'm saying, you know, Russell introduced me to him and said, you know, this is a guy start with me this year. My first year, we Portland played um, BYU. I mean, I'm standing up and he's like, are you tough? You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of tough. 
Then Winston Moore's like, oh, I think he's trying you, man. I think he's trying you. Jerome Brown is told off and boom. I just held my breath like this. You know what I'm saying, I mean, gut punched the hell out of me. I held my breath and they start laughing. I went to the bathroom threw up. So, uh, stuff like that, man. Right. So it, it started all when he knocked and he tore. When didn't he break Trey Aikman's ankle and got him out of Oklahoma to UCLA? That really was like the play that started Miami's revitalization. What about your buddy Russell? Because you know Russell Russell, uh, Russell Russell was the OG. You know what I'm saying he was like the, the big brother. You know what I'm saying yeah. like he was he was he was the perfect leader and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying and it was like when he was on D line, you're not wanting to trouble. You know, when Russell in the conversation, like, hey, man, you know what I'm saying? So he said, hey, man, like, uh oh, he come to that lecture, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? He, he was, was a real good con- leader, stuff like that. He, huh? he was the conscience of the team. Nobody, yeah, something wrong, you had to deal with him, yeah. And then, what about his what about Cortez? Now, he took Cortez under his wing, you were there, yeah. Cortez came in with us. Oh, a lot of people didn't realize that. We signed up February of '88. Cortez came in with us from from um from, uh, from junior college and stuff like that. You know, what I'm you know and he went from like a like a diamond in the rough. You know what I'm saying he went from like getting some playing time to dominating the tackle the next year and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying the '89 team, the '89 team, that defense um, to me. It's the best team of all time. It'd be any, it'd be any Miami Hurricane team, especially 2001. <laughs> yeah, he's got, a, he's got a chip on his shoulder about who was better. Well, now, I, I got to ask you about somebody on the other side of the ball, Mark, that uh, that you played with at Miami uh, who happens to be the head coach right now. What was Mario Cristobal like as a teammate? Yeah, I remember the first day we, we sat right next to each other, 71 and 72. Then I got 76, which he wanted 76. That was his number. The first day of training camp, me and Mario got into a fight. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> who won? It was a, it was no it wasn't no who won or not. You know they got got some punches off, and then the veterans broke it up and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Wow. Did yeah. his older brother break it up? Nah. What happened was when he first came in there, and he, he, he lose because he Lou had that intimidating voice. Like, so he said that. I was kind of shook. Then Randy Shannon and Rod Carter said, no jump job and stuff like that. Ain't no jump job. He said, nah. Then it was on. You know what I'm saying? Fought for a few minutes and stuff like that. That was it. That's one thing I like about Miami. Guys fought like crazy on a practice field, hanging out 30 minutes after practice together in the lunchroom and stuff like that. It was a family down there, man. It was good. So I'm, I'm guessing with the whole family thing, after the fight broke up, did you guys eventually, you know, work it out and, and patch it oh, up? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, the same thing is what happened on the field stayed on the field. It's not like you got into a fight on the field and you go to the to the dorms and then you got – nah, once it was over, practice was over, that was it, on to the next day. Right. Because it really was, Alex, us against the world. Back yeah. then it really was. It's true. That's what they oh, yeah. constantly, constantly. Um, what about Sap? What about your buddy Sap? Sap amazing, you know what I'm saying? And it's like when Sap came down there, I took him under my wings, like like a brother to me and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? And I remember going to the coaches and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, 
Cassette was playing tight end because high school he was like 215 pounds tight end. You know what I'm saying? Then his first year, first Miami, like you said, it's the first time in his life he's getting three meals a day. He looked about 200 pounds and stuff like that. He had the speed and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, to me, he, he on my mind Rushmore Hurricanes. Him, McGuire, Toretta. You know what I'm saying? They on my mind Rushmore Hurricanes and stuff like that, man. What about Mark Caesar? <laughs> Talk to me about Mark Caesar. I had fun there, man. You know, like I was a leader down there. I mean, a lot of I mean, I was with the actions and stuff like that. I mean, we had that reputation. I lived up to that reputation and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? That's why you see the fights in San Diego State, you know what I'm saying? He's going after the horse at the or going after the horse at Florida State, you know what I'm saying? They're getting scared at the last minute. You know what I'm saying? I know another thing, Alex. Hey, Alex, let me tell you about Bruce. Let me tell you about Bruce now. Well, tell me about Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. Bruce always took my phone calls. He ain't got a lot of four o'clock phone calls. I'm at the precinct, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and stuff like that, man. <laughs> Especially before the state game and stuff like that. He got me off of that, man. I appreciated that, man. He got me, put it like this. I had a few arrests and no convictions, thanks to Bruce. <laughs> Well, and and, and, one, and and talk talk to me about one of those arrests. Like you you threw uh, you threw like ice water over your shoulder at some Florida State fans at Florida State who were I guess talking trash and and you you know which is a ridiculous thing to get arrested for. But you got arrested for that. Yeah, what happened was they was throwing ice. I was the victim, right? They was throwing ice at me. You know what I'm So when I took the ice and threw it back, you know what I'm saying some of the ice. See, people don't realize. It was Casey Weldon's father who pressed charges and stuff like that. So when the cop ran up and grabbed me, I shoved him. You know what I'm saying? Then they got, then they, you put your hands on the cop and they start tripping and all that stuff like that. So then they came, they went and got, hey, who's that? He came down there. They like, yo, well, he's like, calm down. You know what I'm saying? Yada, yada, yada. Boom. He placed me under arrest. He gave me a appearance ticket and stuff like that. And then who took the rest of it? He called Ew. me from the stadium. This happened during the game, near the end, when that was the wide right one. Oh, so they, yeah. were they lost. <laughs> so so Bruce, Bruce is trying to watch the game, and then he's getting calls from, from Mark. Yeah, he called yeah. me, and he said, I'm not on the airplane. I said, what do you mean? Where the hell are you? Because I'm, um, I'm in the security office. I got arrested. So now the, now the story can come out. I wrote the letter to Bobby Bowden. I wrote the letter to the cop. I think he signed it. He sent it in and they dropped everything. But you know, the athletic director we had at the time, I think it was Dave Maggot. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he got hit in the head with a cup of ice, too. You know what I'm saying? The, the people up there, I mean, they were, they, were, they were jacked up. You know what I'm saying? They put there to win the game, you know, and we beat beating so long and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Breaking their hearts and stuff like that. 87 and all that stuff like that. So they had a victory. It was up 17 or what, 16 or 7. We just came right back, man. You know? Do what we do. Hey, you know what? Uh, you know what else happened? I don't think I ever told you this. I might have. The following year, before the Florida State game, wide right two, I got a call from um, what's his? Oh, from ESPN. Fowler. Yeah. Fowler called yeah. me up and he says, "Bruce, let's go to dinner." So I went to dinner with him. He says, "Okay, now this was like Thursday before the game," and he said, and he says, um. We we gotta go. Uh, let's, let's go down to the school and talk to the players. I want to interview the players. I said I can't go down there. I'm not allowed. But if you want to see some of the players, let's go. So we went to Mark's apartment. 
and it was Caesar and Hamburg and I think it was Calvin Harris. I don't think wow. Leon was there. But anyway, Ignacio was there, yeah. Keep your cameraman because you can't record this. So for like two and a half hours, these guys gave him an earful of you and believe about Florida State and they're all the P word and we're going to kick your ass and all this stuff. And then probably about 12 years ago, Sports mm -hmm. Illustrated did a story on Chris Fowler. And they asked him, what's your greatest interview you ever did? And he said, no one will ever see it. It was oh, down wow. at the University of Miami. And, and I cannot report. But when he went on the air on Saturday, when they were doing the predictions, he said, I'm picking Miami. They are not afraid of Florida. They, they will come out. Because Lee Croson said Miami's scared. He said, yo. Absolutely not. But anyway, you know, this guy's my he's my best friend from the from the from the Danes. We're North Brothers from the moment we met. You know, here's this white Jewish kid talking to this guy. And and, and you know, but, but when I said to where I grew up and he said I'm from Newark, that was it. Immediate bond because we bond. It. Well, I, I want I wanted to ask Mark about somebody else that he played with who is uh more famous for the after the football stuff, but you were you were a teammate of the Rock. What was Dwayne Johnson yeah. like in those days? You know, I was Dwayne Johnson host. We came to Miami, right? And then when he uh, he came to school early, right? He he stayed with me and Steve McGuire because you know the first apartment was Russell. The first apartment was Cortez. Cortez gave it to Russell. Russell gave it to me and Steve. And stuff like that. So he was staying with us and stuff like that. And you know, like his freshman year, he had one speed and that was full speed and he was going crazy. They got to the point one time, Oderon put him in the starting lineup to start him. Then he went up one on one against um Leon Cersei. And that was it. Leon it, that, that was it. It was, it was ugly after that. You know what I'm and then when he hurt the shoulder, the red shirt him, you know what I'm saying I remember you know, like talk to coaching staff, they boy sap in there. I'm not even sure that sap what you doing here. He said take your job, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. Sap was in there and that was it. You know what I'm saying? So I remember one time trying to motivate him to, to play hard. I said, man, you gonna mess around become a wrestler in your life, man. He blew up off of that. <laughs> but his nickname was Dewey, wasn't it? Yeah. Ozron gave him that nickname. Ozron gave him the nickname? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> Now he was. I heard he, he was quiet when I was down there with him. He was quiet a lot. You know, you you watch him on wrestling, all that candy ass and all that stuff. All of his coach Ozone sayings and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Candy. Yeah. Ozone said all the time, "You get your candy ass kicked." I'm saying, yeah, stuff like that. A lot of things he said. I mean, he got he got right there from uh, Ozone and stuff. Mark Caesar, uh, former Miami Hurricanes defensive tackle, is with us. Mark, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time today. And you know, I just want you to know, I, I know you're dealing with all this stuff health wise, and we're all we're all praying for you, man, because uh, you're you, you've got you're an amazing human being, amazing stories, and I know you're fighting this as hard as you fight anything else in life. So thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. You know, it's a lot easier. Than I'm saying, you know, um, ride Daphne and Diego London. I'm glad that we had a kid. Diego going through the same thing I'm going through right now. So, you, know, you can lean on your, on your brotherhood and stuff like that. It's a lot easier and stuff like that. Plus, I can deal with Bruce because his son, you know what I'm saying? You know, so it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
God bless you, Mark and Bruce. Thank you so much. And guys, we'll talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.